1: Welcome to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, a weekly discussion about the National Hockey League's Boston Bruins, affiliated minor teams, and prospects of tomorrow's stars.
2: Keep it in, does has it in the corner to Sanderson back at front door, shot scores.
0: Ray Bork. scores!
3: Ray Bork from the face-off circle to the right of Reggie Lindley.
2: Down to Bergeron. He takes the space, pulling it wide to the right of Tatara. The snapshot
1: over the Assy gets loose, and Bergeron scores. Patrice Bergeron.
0: There are three ways you can support the show. We are available on Apple iTunes, SoundCloud.com, and on the HockeyWriters.com, located in the podcast channel of the website. Now here's your hosts, Mark Allred and Rob Tomlin.
3: Hello Bruins fans, I'm your host Mark and welcome back for the 34th episode of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. This is the rough and tough Linden Byers edition. Whether you're a continued supporter or a new listener of the show, we ask that you please give us a comment and rating on iTunes or any podcatcher you currently use. I gotta welcome in my buddy Rob now. Rob, what's happening?
2: I'm good, man. How are you?
3: Good, yeah. It's um, uh, a, a depressing week of hockey. Let's just say. Um, yeah. It, you know, last week was just kind of disappointing, but um.
2: Three three games in four nights. And yeah, it, it's just a matinee on Sunday.
3: Right, and and I don't know to bring in uh, uh, some life to the show. We have to welcome back. Um, I mean, we have life in the show, but I mean, just after a week like that, I need to be lifted up. So uh, I want to welcome back uh, Bruins writer for the CausewayCrowd.com and the originator of the nickname Brit and Grit, Mr. Andrew Thompson. Andrew, welcome.
1: Once again, I'm very happy to be on the show, guys. And today, I guess I'm the and in the Brit and Grit.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I added that. <laughs> You're in the middle, buddy <laughs> how How is everything going good?
1: it's going pretty good over here
3: What are you playing dice?
1: uh no, I'm just sick as a dog, and I've worked every day for the last three weeks, so it's that whole ju- juggling the pills and juggling the <laughs> sleep and juggling you know a lot of children's parties.
3: Well, to tell yeah. you after after last week's games uh there were three games last week I'd be uh chugging down some pills myself. So uh, let's get started with uh, last week's games, um, real quick, I, I really don't want to get into it because of the it was just a, a tragedy in my opinion. They, they lost four to two at home. They continued to struggle at home uh, against the St. Louis Blues and Thursday on Thanksgiving. By the way, I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving out there. Um, they, they lost in Ottawa three to one and then came back home. For a Friday game and lost two to one to the Calgary Flames. But that was last week. Today's Sunday. And Sunday on my calendar is the start of a new week. What a awesome game today. They beat the Tampa Bay Lightning four to one.
2: Jimmy Hayes.
3: Jimmy Hayes got monkey the monkey the off his back. And I love i love this person on Twitter. I just saw somebody in the crowd got a free monkey.
1: You saw that too,
3: didn't you, Andrew?
1: I did. I responded with whoever caught that monkey will never score a goal again for their high school, college, or pro- semi-pro team. <laughs>
3: uh, I mean... I didn't expect that. After the three games last week, I expected the worst because Tampa Bay is a very, very good offensive team. And uh, they they yep. came through. They came through with a big win. And uh, today's game, they, they did, there was no scoring in the first period. It was a very, very gritty first period, which was good to see. and But the second period, they came alive. And... My computer is really slow, so I cannot get all the goals up. So,
2: um, I'll try and pull them up now.
3: I know Dominic Moore had one. <laughs> David Backus yep. had one in the second period, and yep. uh, Jimmy Hayes obviously, and in the and third then period. David
2: Pasternak.
3: In the third period, so great game, yep. uh, another solid win for Tuka Rask. But even better, um, the Bruins are, are now. 500 at home. Um, so that, that's good. So, yep. real real quick, I just wanted to go through and do my spiel here. Uh, uh, this season, uh, the t- after 22 games, the Bruins are 12, 10, and 0 with 24 points. They snap a three game losing streak with today's win, which is awesome. They're fifth in the Atlantic Division, 10th in the Eastern Conference, 5 5 and 0 at home, and 7 5 and 0 on the road. Thoughts, concerns. It's not.
2: I'm not concerned. Uh, a lot of the losses that we've got have been due to injuries in the team. I think once the team gets back to everyone being healthy or the main people being healthy, we're going to start winning games again and going on streaks. So, I'm not too concerned. I mean, my con- my big concern is the end of the season what's it going to be like the last 20 games. So I'm not too concerned right now. Right. Andrew, anything?
1: The two teams ahead of us in the wild wildcard are Columbus and New Jersey. And if, we, if you think Boston is good for a good collapse, those two are better for even more tremendous falling.
0: Oh,
3: yeah. I agree. Um, my concern is, it, I mean, it, it is early, and I understand that. But, you know, these points are important too. We always say that. Um, but after today's win, you got to look at on Tuesday coming up. You got the you're on the road in Philadelphia. That's going to be a um, a test. Um, yeah. And then Thursday, you come home and play the Carolina Hurricanes. And then Saturday uh, matinee in Buffalo. But then. I mean, and that's just next week, alright? I don't wanna to get too far ahead of ourselves, but have you guys seen the schedule? I mean, it's like there's there's seven one, two, three, four, five seven games in like ten days. That's crazy. Yeah. And that's that, that
2: that's yeah, gonna but...
3: that's gonna really make or break this team and there's a lot of good talent that are coming through in mid December, so
2: yeah, but if we don't if we don't get injuries through them chock a block games where you've got back to backs and like three games in four nights, if we don't get injuries during them, I think the Bruins seem to play better in them situations where we don't have time off and we're just playing constantly. So and plus you've you got guys coming back from injuries now, like Kevin Miller and Frank Vitrano seems to be ahead of schedule and
3: Yeah, before Christmas.
2: Yeah, so it all looks like it's gonna fall together over the next few weeks. Like the whole team's gonna be back together and then they can deal with who's getting cut and like what's <laughs> happening with all that, so it it's gonna it's gonna be an exciting month, let's put it that way. For sure.
1: And the next this week, while it's four games, it's not that bad. It's what? The Flyers, who are below 500, Carolina, yep. which is 500, Buffalo, under 500. The best team they're facing is Florida, and Florida, for some reason, we seem to have their number a lot.
2: Yep. That's true. And, and, and we've just destroyed Tampa Bay. So.
3: Yeah, and, and speaking of injuries, um, John Michael Lyles went down pretty hard, hit the boards, uh, and he, he didn't return to today's game. I, I'm not a huge Lyles fan, but, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a decent-sized piece in the, in the, uh, defensive core. And with all, already missing out, uh, with Zdeno Chara, uh, your, your best defenseman on this team right now, um, it's you know, things are twig. gonna get tough. Tory Krug.
2: <laughs> well, you gotta, you gotta look at it and probably the best defensive Defenseman, we have is Tory Krug, really the most reliable guy in his own end. Right. Um, but with him being undersized, does this throw. Like I was saying last week, if you're going to have to waiver guys, is this not the time to package a deal for a, like a steady defenseman? A guy who's not injured a lot? And get someone like. Kevin Miller or Adam McQuaid, who is injured quite a bit, package a deal and try and get them out of town for someone who's going to be solid. Because our our most unreliable point of our defense is the bottom two parents. I think the top you've got it sorted this year. You've got you've definitely got Chara and Carlow till the end of the year without injuries. So, I mean, you're probably looking to fix up a full-time partner with Tory Krug because it doesn't work with Adam McQuaid. And if you put Kevin Miller in there and that doesn't work out, then you're going to have to find someone who fits in with him. So, But I, I think they just... If anything, they just need a solid skating defenseman because that's what we're lacking. Well, Someone who can move the puck with the feet instead of trying to just bat it out of the zone.
3: Uh, that's a that's another great segue to what I'm going to say. I was going to save this for later, but this is a perfect time to say it. Uh, Jeremy Rutherford of the uh, St. Louis Post-Dispatch uh, recently wrote an article in the past uh, day about uh, uh, Kevin Shattenkirk for a David Krejci trade. That's being uh, revised. Uh, it won't die, but he also he also writes that. Doug Armstrong hasn't been with the team lately and him and Martin Brodeur, which is the assistant GM, have been on the road in the Boston area scouting St. Louis prospects and, you know, have been rumored to have uh, been in the area looking at uh, potential Bruins players for trades. Um, Does this hold water? I mean, I'm not a big rumor guy, but does this hold water to you guys at all?
2: Um it kind of does, because it's been mentioned so many times, but at the same time, because it's been mentioned so many times, you kind of just... It becomes that repetitive rumour that you hear about all the time. So, I, I don't know. I, I can understand why they want David Krejci. He's a pretty versatile player can play both ends. Just a solid centre for a first or a second line. So, I mean it kind of works out for us cuz we got David Backus as depth to fill in that center position and he worked very well as a center at the beginning of the season. Uh so I don't know, it could could work out but at the same time it, what are you going to do with Shattenkirk? Are you going to put him on the on the second pairing and then keep Carlo all together with Chara or are they going to do the usual thing where They'll probably drop Carlo to a second pairing and put the veteran guy in on the first pairing. Right. I mean, I know I'd, I'd rather see Carlo stay there till the end of the year. Now. Uh
1: so so would I. I mean, Carlo looked. We saw Carlo without Char for the first time this season, and it looked it, it was a mess. So, I'd rather have those two stay together. Put Shattenkirk with Krug, and then let Joe Morrow know that his time in the sun has ended. <laughs>
2: Mm. Yeah, that's true. See, I I don't mind Joe Morrow too much. I mean, I know he gives up possession and he's not the most reliable in the back end, but that guy can create offense. If he's got a steady partner with him, he can play well in his own end, but he doesn't really have a steady partner because he's either coming in to play two games with... John Michael Lyles or he's coming in to play a game with Colin Miller. I mean you need a steady partner with you to know exactly what they're gonna be doing and where they're gonna be. And he I sorry. It sorry, it it just it doesn't seem like the Bruins play a certain system with the defencemen. It seems like they let them play their own game and let them do what they want to. Because we've seen a lot of times this year where you you see two defencemen go into a corner and No team plays that kind of play where they'll let two defensemen go into a corner and let the sentiment fill the lane. So I'm not I'm not 100% sure on what they're doing.
3: Hey, can I I hate to do this, but can somebody back their phone away?
2: Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that's mine. Although, right? Yeah. Um. I've just I've turned it off.
3: That's okay. Uh, speaking of Joe Morrow, he sat today and uh, made way for Colin Miller. I thought um, sitting Miller was uh, a good move. He hasn't been up to expectations at all this season so far. But um, I'd, like to, I'd still like to see him play a little more to, to get more game experience and, and fix his mistakes. And, and honestly, what I saw today from Colin Miller, I was uh, pleasantly surprised. He played with grit. He played, you know, played the puck very well,
2: and he had good possession. Also got an assist on one of the goals, I'm pretty sure. Yep. So Yeah, on the uh, Dominic Moore kept the puck in the zone, backhanded it down to Moore and Moore redirected it. So
3: yeah. That guy continues to impress me.
2: <clears throat> yeah. That that is what you want from your depth forwards. Right. Like a just you want him to go full onto the net, always be in the right positions and Dominic Moore fills that. Perfect. So,
3: yeah, that was a, I mean, just a great game. I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic by this afternoon's effort. Um, I got I, this, this, I want to touch on because people freaked out. They absolutely freaked out. And I haven't never gotten more Twitter messages or Facebook messages in my life about something. Um, uh, Zane McIntyre left the Bruins and was sent packing to the East Coast Hockey League with the Atlanta Gladiators, and just the fans went nuts. And let me tell you, I had a little shake my head moment, but then <sighs> I thought about it. This was a good move. Yeah, and and it was a good move because you keep a player like him playing the fact is yeah. that Providence was in St. John's 1400 miles away and they were already there to play the Ice Caps the uh, Montreal Canadiens affiliate and when the, when the transaction happened McIntyre was still in the States it, it, the travel re, it would make no sense for him to go there and, and have three goalies so he goes to uh, Atlanta he's starting he started in today's game so he's going to be fresh and ready to ret- uh, join the providence bruins when they come back uh, i believe this afternoon or tonight so th- th- this was a good move you know just just think about it think about where providence is and you know
0: you're listening to the black and gold hockey podcast you can catch our show on the hockey writers podcast channel available at thehockeywriters.com
3: In the world, before everybody freaks out, because it's not a lot of people said that it was. It was um, a really bad move for Bruins uh, management to do this because they they keep they thought that they they that management was pissed off at Zane McIntyre, like he wasn't doing a good job and this and that. And it's like just a little overboard for me.
2: Yeah, I think it's probably just one of them things where people don't think 100% before they react to the situation that's in front of them so they just, they see something and straight away it pisses them off but it, it, it's good that he's going to go get some game time before heading back to Providence, I mean he he got a bit of game time with the Bruins not as much as he probably should have, but um, I mean when you're this close in games and you close to 500 you need you started to step up and get the points and that's what Rask has done so I mean uh, McIntyre did pretty well um, but you, you're you going to see him go back to Providence share the time with Suban again and probably my number two goaltender in our depth chart Dan Vladar is probably going to head back to the ECHO yeah I was and just about to say that Spend spend his time as the starter down there. So, yeah.
3: And Vladar, Vladar in the in the AHL so far this year is uh, he's 3-0 and two, and he's got good numbers.
2: Yeah.
3: So he's got a lot of promise.
2: Yeah, and I think you'll see one of either McIntyre or go this season. Right. Either during the season, if it's if it's Suban I could see him getting traded out. McIntyre holds no trade value. So I couldn't see him getting traded at the deadline. But um I mean the when it when it comes to free agency I think one of them will walk. So and it'll give them space to fit Vladar in there next season.
3: Andrew, what do you think about the goaltending depth?
1: I think Subban's a mess, and I've been—I've up until a few weeks ago, I've been the endless supporter of Subban. But the numbers—the numbers are completely invalidating, you know, my feelings here. It's just one of those. Subban's gonna probably, you know, be passed off as part of a package deal somewhere because maybe—maybe it's just Boston, maybe it's just Providence. Uh, I see Vladar and McIntyre competing next year. To be like you know the head person in Providence, or maybe even like you know the backup for Kudobin, but then again there's also the expansion draft, so anything kind of goes there too.
3: Yeah, um, believe it or not, I looked into that, and that, that, that's a good another good segue, Andrew. Um, is um, third third? Oh, sorry, words are hard. Third year AHL pros can be selected in the expansion draft. So, that means um, Subban is available for that. Just to throw that out there. Alright. Um,
1: At this point, if Vegas wants him to be a Golden Knight, oh, yeah, let's Yeah, Bye.
3: Yeah, oh, I, I agree. And, you know, like I, I said on uh, Twitter today, I, I hope the executives... In um, in Las Vegas, are also looking at Jimmy Hayes because you know he just got a goal today, so they should really, you know, keep a close eye on him. I'm definitely I'm still not going to get him on my fantasy look, team. He
1: scored! He scored! He's treatable. You want this? You want this one goal? You want this one goal with the man with the monkey off his back? Take him now!
3: Will you throw in Suban <laughs> Oh boy, uh. Here's uh, another topic that I wanted to touch on, and I kind of think it's kind of crappy that the league is doing this, and I want to get you guys' opinion. And I know it's not directly directly Bruins-related, but there will be Bruins players involved. Um, The 2018 Winter Olympics, uh, the NHL undecided if they're going to go or not, I think is... um, um, that's all right. I think it's uh, ridiculous the way the 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 league is, is doing this. They they don't want to go to Korea. I think that's where it is, right? And, yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. So the NHL doesn't want to go, but then they make an ultimatum to the players' union, saying, if you guys, if if we go, will you agree on a three-year extension to the current CBA? So they're using the Olympics as leverage, and I just, I thought that that was kind of crappy.
2: Yeah.
1: I think Batman's been kind of crappy for the better part of the last three lockouts, but it's just, it's a, it's a leverage tool. Uh, they're worried about the insurance costs, the teams and the owners don't want to pony up $10, $15, 20000000 million But the IOC, each.
3: the IOC has already said that they'll pony up that $10 million. That just the owners,
1: make the owners don't want to see their players get hurt and therefore lose value. I mean, unfortunately, the head of the owners for us is our own Jeremy Jacobs, and we kind of regard him as the uh, oh, the guy from The Simpsons.
0: Oh, uh,
3: I don't watch much of The Simpsons, but the uh, the owner of the company, the guy that's always like,
2: "Excellent." <laughs> the miss, oh, the, miss, the Mr. Mr. Burns, Burns of the NHL. Yeah. 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 Definitely. <laughs> that is a good, uh, there's a good comparison actually. Um,
3: yeah, I mean, I, I, I if the players want to go, they're gonna go. Like people like Alex, players like Alex Ovechkin has already told his owner that he's gonna go no matter what. So, um, you yeah. know, you can't, you can't deprive people like um, a possible Marchand or Bergeron or any of the players on the current Bruins team from going if if they don't have it. I believe that that's their right to go Plus, and play in their not, own country.
2: You're not going to say no to Mr. Putin either when it comes to sending his Russian ice hockey team right. over. So, I mean, I think you'll see a lot of the Russians going, but I can understand why. I can understand why the owners don't want players going. We've seen it in the past with injuries. Um, I mean, I. I could see another lockout happening, but I I don't see it happening over the Olympics, really. No, I, th- no, I think it's it's more like I don't I don't think there'll be a lockout anytime soon, really.
1: There'll be plenty of reasons for another lockout. Just give them time.
2: <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I oh. hope not, cause it
3: would. We just got the the league just got popular again, in my opinion, and they'll just you know you'll decrease fan numbers. If it happens again, so I, I just I hope not, because that was a that was an awful uh, year, and then a half year. Yep. It was just really bad. So uh, I I wanted to bring this up with uh, with uh, another writer from the Causeway crowd that we had on last week, Brandon Sher Cohen, but I totally forgot. I was just not prepared. But um, I wrote an article a while back, and I had a poll in it. And a lot of people um, uh, went on there, on read the article, and voted on the poll. And it was about Tim Thomas. And and he, he is now eligible. It doesn't mean he's getting in, folks. He's eligible for the Hockey Hall of Fame. Now, keep in mind that... Um, Oh I just I can't remember his name now. There was a goaltender that was in the Hall of Fame recently. He played for the he played for the Bruins. Played for LA. Played for Montreal. Anybody? No. Oh I just I can't remember. Um but anyway, anyway, make a long story short. The guy waited thirty years. He retired in nineteen eighty two as a Bruin. After, after two years with the Bruins. And then waited 30 years to get his call to the Hall. So in my poll, I, 200 people voted. 90 of them think that Tim Thomas is going to get in the Hall of Fame between one and five years. 45 people said five to ten years. 37 said never gets the call. 12 said 10 to 15 years 9 said 20 to 30 years and 8 said 15 to 20 years what do you guys think do you think he's worthy
2: uh, without a doubt he's worthy agree I mean, he's worthy but but I, I, Ro- say... Rogie
3: Vashon, Rogie Vashon, that's the goaltender I'm trying to think of yeah. he had 3 Stanley Cups and he played for seventeen yeah. years. Thomas has one Stanley Cup and played for nine. So, and he had to wait that long. I don't. I, he'll get. He'll probably get the call, but I don't think it's going to be in my lifetime. Yeah,
2: I think, I think it'll be like 15-20 years until he gets the call. But I mean, just thinking of the kind of highlight package they make of Tim Thomas, he's definitely going in. Like, can you imagine, like the hit on Sedin <laughs> in the playoffs? Right. Stuff like that that you're not going to see from other goaltenders. I mean, that guy was one of the biggest characters in, in the net. So, uh, I I can imagine he's going into the whole of Fame. Andrew, go for Agreed.
1: it. Unfortunately, unfortunately, uh. Tim Thomas's greatest sin was being a hockey player whose political views were right of center in a town whose political views are left of Frank Zappa
3: <laughs> that's pretty good that's a pretty good comparison there <laughs>
1: uh, he will not get in I mean our the head of the, uh, the professional hockey writer series is Joe Haggerty and we had a conversation like two seasons ago about him and he said, as much as I want to see him get in, I can't see a lot of the Boston writers, especially, you know, from some of the publications that are obviously on the left, they're going to not vote for him, not because of his hockey thing, but for the stupid out of his mouth during, you know, the last season.
2: Interesting. Yeah, I, but does, it, does he not go in through Dallas? Like, we we've seen players before go in through, like, one of the last teams they were with just because... The other teams won't vote him in, so he could still go in through Dallas, couldn't he? Like get voted in by their writers. That's a possibility.
3: Yeah. I I, well, be- I believe he gets in. I just think it's gonna be a while. Um, you know, a little... I agree, yeah.
1: but I but I can see a lot of the Boston writers just almost.
3: <laughs> wow, I think we're losing Andrew.
2: Yeah. I, I think, think you, aware. yeah, you, you were cutting up a bit then. Yeah, you cut out really bad, <laughs> Andrew.
1: Sorry about that. Let me uh, turn off a few things here. Just get the computer and That's about it. How's that?
2: Hey. Yeah, that's a lot better. Wow. We've got all kinds of craziness going on. Yeah. I think there's there's someone outside my house on the phone. So I think that's interrupting my, I uh, think. I'd throw a hockey puck at him. Do
1: you want to bring Tim yeah. Thomas into a do you have to bring a Tim Thomas into a conversation?
2: Yeah. <laughs>
3: everything uh, everything fails. <laughs> yeah,
2: everything's going All right, um, so uh, Oh sorry, buddy. That's all
3: right. I uh, just wanted to touch on a couple things that I that I gathered uh before today's show. Um yeah. Bruin's power play is is starting to be uh, one of awfulness uh, they're ranked 21st uh, things have got to get better on that but the other side of the of the special teams and like uh, we were praising Dominic Moore earlier the penalty kill is, uh, is up there and ranked fourth and that is something you know even though the Bruins average about four minors a game uh, the penalty kill Dominic Moore and, uh, and others on that line have really really
2: stepped it up yeah and goal. Uh, I mean, the power play is getting better. We we saw a goal on the power play tonight. The they've changed the way they set up. It's more of an umbrella with two guys down low, and they kind of pinch in a bit more. It it's starting to look better. They they're starting to they get the they seem to get the puck to Tory Krug a lot, and that's starting to change now, where it's getting past the wingers instead of been straight shots from the point where the goalie can see it so it is getting better but whether it'll keep going and i mean if you got a guy like frank Petrano coming back if he's back to 100 percent and he's playing like he was last year you can see him probably getting time probably on the second unit
0: you're listening to the black and gold hockey podcast you can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel. Available at thehockeywriters.com.
2: So, there's, there's chances to change it. I mean, we could always put Jimmy Hayes back on the power play now that he scored a
0: goal.
2: <laughs> I mean, oh. that guy's a pure sniper. <laughs> it, 30 goals this season. Oh, right? boy. That's, what it,
3: That's a lofty goal, Herb. Like a That's a lofty <laughs> goal, Herb. I think
1: it's old. A little too early to put Jimmy Hayes into the role of the Bruins' Messiah just
2: yet. Are you sure? <laughs> I, I thought he was our our top top guy on the depth chart. Like that that guy is the future. Like what? Let us call him a young Sidney Crosby for the Bruins. Whoa. No.
1: Now, if Whoa. you say depth chart, is that like being held underwater until they stop struggling? <laughs> depth chart or what?
2: Yeah, it it seems like it. I mean. I mean, he's had the best goal celebration of the year. We can't (laughs) deny that. That's true. That's going to get the Bruins some Twitter followers. And he was was in a
3: giving mood when he gave the monkey to the crowd.
2: (laughs) I mean, it's nothing like... I don't think it's going to get the 3,000-angle video that uh, Conor McDavid jumping into a bench did (laughs) from the NHL. Nice. Which uh, I'm going to put out there right now whoever's running NHL's Facebook page you need to be sacked and sent home oh cuz i am not watching that video ever again oh you... 10 10 videos in 5 hours of the same thing right. just with a different headline yeah what is that about it's
3: ridiculous and and, and yep. the NHL website i'm i'm i don't like trashing on many things but god that sucks
2: yeah I, and that's a that big is, that's it's...
3: a big source for me to go and get all the information for this show and in preparation and it's like, oh, it's it's just awful. I wish they'd go back to the well, like, regular things.
1: Analytics has
3: screwed up uh, the
2: website. Oh, yeah. But the the Bruins um, app for phone used to be a separate thing to the NHL website. And now it redirects you to the NHL website. Yeah. And you, you can't find anything. I mean, I went on the a couple of nights ago i thought right i haven't watched the newest episode of behind the Bee. i am i'm gonna catch up while i'm in bed on my phone and i went on and i i, I couldn't find it anywhere I going through every option available on the bruins page nope nothing and then when i finally found it it told me that i'm not able to view it in my region <laughs> so that sucks yeah that that was that was nice I, I pay all that money for NHL Game Center uh, every month, but I'm not allowed to view something because I'm in Europe. Thanks. That's Good job, NHL.
1: Thanks, Obama.
2: Oh. <laughs> <What>? Sorry.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Couldn't help myself. <laughs>
3: so, uh, <laughs> getting back on uh, on a little bit of hockey talk here. Um, <laughs> I, I want to get your both opinions on this because goal scoring is down. Uh, the Bruins are ranked 25th in, uh, in goals four, uh, which is not good on a team that seemingly has a, a enough talent to put the puck in the back of the net. But here's, here's my thing that I want to get your opinions on. The Bruins are ranked third in the whole league in shots. Uh, I, I don't get it. Yes. I don't get why they just uh, – uh, maybe you guys have a better explanation. Andrew, uh, why, don't you, why don't you go first on this one?
1: I think maybe the players are taking too much time practicing on the center of mass of a goalie.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so it's shooting, it's, shooting it's right at him. Those,
1: I don't want to say... You know how every once in a while you see the Bruins on a run of just trick-slash-filthy-slash-dirty goals in odd areas? We haven't seen much of that this year from the Bruins. We've just seen a lot of direct stuff not enough players playing, not enough shots through screens, not enough shots at, you know, odd positions. It's a lot of stuff that a lot of goaltenders can see. And maybe it's just that we haven't had a player, and I hate saying this, we haven't had a Jimmy Hayes Palooka just blocking 80% of the goalie's vision. Good
2: point.
3: Well, uh, go ahead, Rob. You got something
2: on that? Um... I think you're starting to see the Bruins go back to the Bruins of five years ago where they kind of get into the zone and every chance that they get to get a shot anywhere at the goalie, it's going on net and they're looking for them little rebound goals or scrappy goals in front of the net and with players like Dominic Moore and David Backus and guys just constantly being in the blue paint it's a it's starting to work but at the same time it's not because teams are getting wise to what we're doing and you saw that with Calgary where you you just got stopped by a goaltender who just would get enough of each puck and just controlled the rebounds and it made him look like the best goaltender in the league for that game
3: it was, so, uh, Chad Johnson for those who don't know he was a former Bruin former Bruins backup yeah. that played one season with the team and had a 17-4 and record or something like that. Ridiculous. Uh wish yeah. we had backups like that nowadays.
2: Yeah. One of the ones that I always said should not have gone as soon as he left. Um, did do Did do a great job for us, but can't seem to hold down a starting job, which was what he left the Bruins for so but I think you you'll see you'll see it all year where the Bruins shots will be up and we're out shooting teams all the time but the only time that we're generating a lot of good chances is when when the shots are coming at the right times. So when the guy's facing the goaltender in the crease and he's ready to bat on that rebound. But we we played a lot of teams where they've had big heavy defensemen and we're just getting cleared out of the front of the net and we've got a lot of smaller forwards on our team, so it'll it'll all work out. Uh, I am I'm not I'm not like jumping out the window yet. That'll be that'll be ten games left in the season when we lose six in a row or seven in a row. That's when I'll start opening the window and getting ready to jump out. <laughs> we're Bruins fans not Browns fans <laughs> well yeah but I'll, I'll put a mattress on the floor I'll just simulate the fact that I want to jump out my window I <laughs> don't awesome. actually have to do it <laughs> but uh
1: yeah now here's an odd stat for everybody uh, Tuka Rask has lost a shutout in the final five minutes of the games four times this season
3: yeah do you see how angry he was when he let that goal in
1: i I'm, I'm used to the two Rask that was playing in Providence that had two goals that didn't go through, count his goals and watch him destroy destroy a bench and have a complete I mean I was there. It was just when Oh, I was, you were there for the milk, the milk
3: carton game?
1: Who place? is who is this guy? Oh, that's their goaltender. Is that the, the really tall skinny kid that was at Dave and Buster's? Yeah, yeah, he, he's destroying the back area. Right. It, it's
3: he's a the pastor, milk crit
2: over the Wall. Oh the, yeah, was, yeah,
3: he's a passionate guy. Yeah. You know what I mean?
2: If if any of the people listening have not seen that video, go on Facebook, <laughs> uh, uh, go on YouTube, search Tukarask Rage" or Tukarask Angry," oh, and you'll see out, it. Yeah. And it is one of the funniest, funniest videos I've ever seen when it comes to hockey. Oh, that is, uh, yeah, that was great.
3: All that oh. over, all that over a shootout goal that was actually a goal and he thought hit the
2: post. Yeah, I thought it actually hadn't gone in. I thought that was the
1: correct he was he was counted two goals that didn't go through were counted by goals by the referee and it was one of those moments where it literally required physical presence to remove him from the go- the uh, yeah. the linesman's sight because my, my finish is terrible but I do know a death threat when I hear it
2: oh, oh god geez. that's so good. I love Tukes but... <laughs> oh yeah I, can can no one remember the time when Sidney Crosby was asking him if he wanted to go uh, <laughs> during the playoffs and Tukarash just turned around and went are you serious <laughs> Zde- Zdeno Chara had to come in and split them both up because he didn't want Tukarash fighting. fight that was just amazing I, I so wish could have just drop the gloves then. That would have been so funny to see. That's funny. That guy has some anger problems when it when it comes out. <laughs> Definitely. I'm not surprised with all the hate he gets.
3: Right. Oh, really I know. Not. I know. That's 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 not fuel yeah. or anything.
2: <laughs> oh yeah.
3: So uh, we've got about 20 minutes left. So um, this is when I like to update. The fans and uh, supporters of our uh, minor minor programs in the affiliated leagues. Uh, the The Providence Bruins are these guys are struggling too. Um, They they have good games, they have bad games, but uh, they are seven six three and three with twenty points, fifth in the Atlantic, eighth in the Eastern Conference. Uh, They they also have a pretty his poor uh, home record, 2-3-2, uh, and two, and then 5-3-1 and one on the road. Um, high, I mean, some good, good things that are coming around. Um, uh, right wing Wayne Simpson last week had two goals, three assists for five points in four games. Uh, his season total in 19 games is uh, five goals, 10 assists, 15 points. Uh, your boy Rob Colton Hargrove had a good week last week Uh, he had a goal 3 assists for 4 points and his season is 3-3 and 6 in 16 games and I have to give props to my boy uh, goaltender Dan Vladar got 2 starts in St. John's on Friday and Saturday night his first start was a 30 save 2-1 victory over the ice caps but his second start was not so good. He got pulled after giving up two goals on four shots early in the first period of last night's game that they uh, ended up losing. Yeah,
2: that was pretty bad. Yeah, goaltenders have them games though. every. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: It's just it's it's one of those things. A development goal, developmental goaltender's going to go through things like that. But I mean, he's still showing a ton of promise.
2: Yeah. Uh, I, I, I've seen from the highlights that Anton Bleedy is playing pretty well at the moment as well. He, he's been doing pretty good over the last yeah, few he's, games. Yeah, he's so. been skating
3: well. Um, he's, a, he's a real gritty, gritty forward. And I, that's right. what I like about him. He likes to get in those dirty areas. Um, Andrew, have you seen any Providence games this year?
1: I've only seen a couple, usually uh, my work schedule, even though I work right next door to them. My work schedule is usually rough on Fridays and Monday. We used, after Christmas is when I get to see the bulk of my games.
3: Oh, good, good. We'll definitely have you back on um, soon to uh, talk about that and your experiences there. Uh, some uh, Canadians... Oh, it's kind of... Go oh, ahead. Sorry.
1: It's kind of funny. Some, some of them are like, you know, they come into Dave & Buster's pretty regularly. And it's like, you know... Yeah, I know you from somewhere. I know you from somewhere. <laughs> I, I interviewed you last week, and I made your dinner the night before.
3: <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that's cool. I uh, close to the team. That's that's really.
1: Oh, I I wouldn't say close. I mean, they're in they're in there quite a lot. So it's that whole like you know, hey, you're the writer. Hey, better than hey, you're the cook. You know, it's
3: yeah, it's, it's yeah. Start. yeah right, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, jumping into the uh, prospects in the Canadian Juniors. Uh, in the OHL. Let's start there with uh, Sault Ste. Marie Greyhound, Zach Sinishin. Uh Last week he in two games, he had two goals, one assist, three points. Um, so his season after 19 games, is, uh, he's got nine goals, seven assists, 16 points. And actually, he had assist an assist today, so he is now on a seven-game point streak. Uh, seems to me, and I've been watching a, uh, uh, not all of them, but a couple of his games, seems to me that he's really getting back into form. Um, uh, just in these past six games that he's uh, played, uh, kind of brings me back to his game last year, and that's the way I, I, I remember him. So he's been looking really, really good, and it's good to see his uh, point production uh, continue.
0: You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers podcast channel available at thehockeywriters.com. Ew.
1: Yeah. All right. Easy what, Like 15 penalty minutes You know what a minus minus something. I I've, I've I've been kind of I've been kind of following him but just not as much as, you know. Yeah. Going into Christmas season, he's he's on the back burner for my mind.
3: Yeah, his uh, his plus minus was high to begin the season for the first 13 games. Um <laughs> He only, he only had five goals, two assists, and seven points in 13 games. And then, no, he's really turned it around. So, it's good to see. Um, in the uh, Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, the, with the Ruin-Noranda Huskies, uh, defenseman Jeremy Lawson missed three games with an upper body injury, came back on Friday night and snapped a four-game pointless streak with a goal and an assist against Victorville. And he's got... Uh, he's, he's been injured a lot this year since being returned uh, from uh, uh, training camp and, and rookie camp. Uh, he's only played in eight games and he's got two goals and six assists for eight points. So eight points in eight games, not too
2: bad. Point a game player?
3: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, staying in the queue with the St. John Sea Dogs. Uh, I wrote an article on uh, Black and gold hockey uh, Jakob Sborrel, defenseman for the for the Sea Dogs, was suspended for five games for a hit to the head of a Markton Wildcats defenseman last Sunday. Uh, he'll be able to return December 4th against Gatineau Olympic, and um, it's really too bad because he was playing very well and was currently on a five-game point streak. Now, I want to I want to just want to fill you guys in on, on what happened. Um, I'm not sure if you guys saw my article or video entailed.
2: Yeah, I read it.
3: Um, he he. I don't know if it was a target. I think I just think that he was a he was a the taller player that got, you know, unfortunately the guy got his belt, but he didn't get hurt. The guy got up. There was no call in the game. There was no penalty at all. And then actually he played one more game after that. And then um, the uh, league player safety came in after um, I believe it was the Wednesday before Thanksgiving and finally gave him his um, his uh, his suspension, which I thought was yeah. kind of weird.
2: But he he's a repeat offender, offender as well, so that could be okay. part of the situation. I didn't know and, that, Rob. Good one. Yeah, and uh, I know it said that he left his feet to make the hit as well Okay. so that could, that could be something to do with it where they're just wanting to clamp down on that due to the whole concussions and all that stuff so I mean I don't think it was too it wasn't amazingly bad hit where he's knocked the guy out and near enough killed his playing career so right. I, I think he'll just sit his five games he'll take it like a man and say yeah I probably deserve it and then he'll come back and play the way he was so it, it's early in the season for the juniors anyway so it won't hurt him too bad
1: no the uh, Quebec majors website they claim they state that he jumped before the impact and the main target of the, main target of the other player was his head that's why they did yeah. it Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah um, uh, player safety director uh, Raymond Bolduck uh, had a very good explanation on video, and uh, yeah, I, I kind of I copied and pasted uh, the the aspects of the hit and so on, and brought it to the article. And and I mean, it is what it is. I'm sure he's going to learn his lesson. I just hope he doesn't bring uh, that style of game to. I mean, bring bring the bring the that style, but don't finish that that drastically. Um, bring this.
1: Bring the snarl of Zadane Ochara, not the playmaking intelligence of Zach Ronaldo. Gotcha.
3: Nice. nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, jump into the uh, Western Hockey League with the Prince George Cougars. Uh, our, fan, our favorite guy, uh, Jesse Gabriel, had a goal last week. Um, actually, and oh, yeah, had a goal last week. And last night against the Everett Silvertips, he went scoreless, but had a season-high 14 minutes in penalties. In a three-to-nothing silver-tipped win, uh, Gabriel continues to be hot. In 19 games, he's got 12 goals, nine assists, 21 points, 14 penalty minutes. He was pissed. Holy. Crap. He had yeah. He wasn't happy about something, and he just kept going after it. I didn't yeah. get. I didn't watch the game, so I really can't give a, a total opinion, but. He's a I'll he's a gritty, passionate be player. For the highlights of that game. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's that's it for the juniors. Now the Bruins prospects. Oh, are, uh, what's up?
2: Uh, oh no, I think you get into it. I, I was gonna what uh you'd put in the podcast group the other day about Anders Bjork's yep. goal. Yeah,
3: I wrote an article. Yeah. I wrote an article about Anders Bjork. You can check it out at blackandgoldhockeyblog.com please. Um. And yeah, you're the king of segways, i got to tell you. Um, University of Notre Dame, Anders Bjork last week had two goals, three assists, five points, and had a ridiculously, ridiculous goal against Holy Cross Crusaders where he went through the whole team for the goal. Yeah. Uh, and that
2: speed is scary. Yeah, it
3: is. Yeah. yeah. Holy crap. Yeah, if you if you guys want to see the goal, check it out on YouTube, or you can go to my on my personal blog and check out the video there. Um, but uh, yeah, that was just a crazy, crazy, nasty, nasty goal. Wasn't uh,
2: it Anders Bjork who made um, Brandon Carlo look like Dion Phaneuf at training camp? Where uh, he just walked around him.
3: I'm not sure that about Oscar, that but it was no, that was Oscar Stein.
2: I saw Oscar yeah.
3: Steen make Brandon Carlo Oscar Steen is like three feet shorter than Brandon Carlo. And I saw yeah. that kid make Carlo look like absolute pylon. Like I, yeah. I I'm like, what is going that's why I was I wasn't all for Brandon Carlo when I saw that I'm I was just like, man, he looks really relaxed doesn't really work yeah. doesn't feel like he's he wants to be there because it's a, it's a camp but uh, you know whatever that's the past i like the brandon carlo that i'm seeing today
2: yeah and just to, to go back to anders bjork that that goal was you, you can start to see the goal scoring in him he's got that eye for the net it, when he when he cut through, he realized that he was screening the goaltender with the last defenseman, yep. cuts back, closes his angle, shoots right between the defender's legs, right into the top corner. That was a really nice goal. And if you haven't seen it, go check it out on the Black and Gold Hockey Blog.
3: Yeah. Uh, and Anders is uh, ranked third in NCAA Division One scoring with nine goals, 14 assists, 23 points in 14 games. He had 35 points last year, and he is definitely, well, I'm not going to say definitely, but he's looking to, to pass his, um, his career high of last year, which is good. Um, Boston College, Ryan Fitzgerald had a goal and two assists and uh, a win against Connecticut in 15 games a season. He's 5'11 and 16, so he's looking good. And got to give props to Harvard University's forward Ryan Donato. He had a goal and two assists last night against Bentley College. In 10 games played this season, he's 5'6", 11. So, and that's it for prospects and juniors and NCAA collegiate players. So, what, anybody got anything else before we uh, call it a show?
1: I think this is one of those nights where things went completely off the rails and somehow the Bruins managed to win. Jimmy Hay scored. Kevin Miller led all defensemen on ice time. And somehow we still won 4-1 right. <laughs> against Tampa Bay Lightning. Maybe that was just the hockey guys going, wait for it. Wait, no, 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 no. Let's try this. What if we... Kevin Miller have the most minutes? Okay. And we have Jimmy Hay score a goal. Okay, where are you going with this? And we beat Tampa Bay like four to five to nothing. Oh no, no, we gotta, we gotta get a last minute goal on Tuca. Go. There's no way you can make me get that perfect. Okay, okay, score Tuca. Okay, now we're good. What do you think? This is a bad idea. Let's go with it.
2: <laughs> they, uh, it It's definitely one of them games that you weren't expecting after last week. I, I, I was kind of expecting to come home and my phone go off like mad about how we lost. Like 7 0. Was I was good actually surprise. expecting
1: the score to be a reversal. <laughs> I was expecting Brave Little Palsternach to get a goal and everyone else just going, oh, you know, Bucks in deep, win our battles, Bucks in deep, win our battles, but why aren't you yeah. doing it? We're trying. Good for
3: you. <laughs> and, uh, an update, an update on, um, Zane McIntyre and his, uh, and his trip to Atlanta, of the East Coast Hockey League. Uh, the Atlanta Gladiators lost today. Um, uh. They went three straight uh, periods with no goals and unfortunately lost to the South Carolina Stingrays by the score of one and nothing in overtime. So that's a little update for that. Nothing to be overly concerned about. Um, nope. Yeah, I mean he's getting his playing time. So I mean it looked like it was a good game.
2: Uh, he made to, to me to me if a goaltender loses in overtime or a shootout, it's basically a shot-out anyway because right. your team couldn't get a goal. It's and not your fault.
3: He faced he faced thirty seven <laughs> shots and gave up you know one. So looks like he yeah. he was in it. So um, anything else? I mean I'm not ready to go, but.
2: You guys, are. um, I haven't got anything else to say, uh, this week. Andrew, you got anything
3: to chime in on?
2: Well, I guess we could be happy.
1: David Posternak is now what second in scoring in the entire league.
3: Uh, that guy continues to amaze me again. I mean, I just, I, I, I hope they give him a good deal in July. Well, I mean, he's RFA, so, um, I just don't want. I just don't want to see him just get a ton a ton of money in the long term and you know go to his head it is a contract year so
2: i, I want to see him get a no trade clause that's what yes I that's
1: because otherwise he's going to las vegas
2: yeah i want to see that kid getting locked up so that guy should be brewing's property for the rest of his career <laughs> andrew you want to send everybody to las vegas
1: uh no, I I have <laughs> been to Vegas on several occasions. It's great, but I could I could imagine the complete chaos of the universe if somehow the Dallas Stars ended up losing Tyler Sagan to Vegas.
3: Oh man. Oh yeah. Jesus. It's not so as
1: who ordered hangover. For?
3: Yeah, but that's not as bad as, as a general manager giving up on a player like that. So that that will always be British yep. Ferelli's uh, kryptonite.
1: Oh, yeah, there, he had, uh, Charlie had several since, but that was one of the bigger
3: ones. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, uh, I want to, I just want to uh, update everybody on next week's show. Uh, we, we have another guest. This is, this will be three weeks in a row. So I hope, I hope people are liking it. But uh, this, ne- this guy coming on next week, his name's Joe Gill, and he writes for bostonsportsthenandnow.com. And he's part of the awesome trio that uh, that hosts CLNS Radio's Bruins Beat podcast. He's going to join us and give us uh, some knowledge. He's a great guy, and um, I look forward to talking to him. I always see him um, in the in the Big Bad Bruins um, Facebook page, and he does a great job over there. I suggest you go over there and follow and follow him. Uh, speaking of following, you can follow me at Black and Gold Two Seven Seven. You can follow Rob at Rob40Bruins, and Mr. Andrew Thompson can be followed at God Went Whoops. Andrew, thank you very much again for having us. I mean, (laughs) thank you very much for for joining us today.
1: That's not a problem, guys. I'm always happy to be on the show.
3: Awesome, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, buddy. And thanks again, everybody, for listening and tuning in. it keeps the podcast keeps getting better and better. We're getting about 400 average listens a week, and I think we're up to almost 7,000 listens uh, after 34 episodes. So kudos to you guys. You guys are the best. And um, please take a minute to go over to iTunes, give us a rating and a comment if you'd like. And we will see you guys next week. Take care. <laughs>
1: Thanks for tuning in to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please join us next week for another discussion of Bruins hockey-related material.